Breathe it in. You. Yes, you. Breathe it in. Here we go. Ready? Oh, yes. That's the season. College basketball is here. Off season. Gone. Forever. In our review. It's November 25th. The college basketball season starts today. Get hype. Love to have you back here. I'm Matt Norlander. Before we get going with this episode, had a wonderful time talking to my great beloved friend, Gary Parrish. You are really going to enjoy this. We set the table for all the games you got to know about on Wednesday, on Thanksgiving. We're going to get you geared up, but just wanted to give you a heads up so you didn't get thrown by the different music to start this podcast. The OG listeners of the Ion College Basketball Podcast going back three, five, seven, eight or nine years know that every so often... I change the intro music. Keep it fresh. Keep it different. Don't like to get stuck in old ways. Don't want to be static. Didn't want to just drop it on you out of nowhere on this episode. So just giving you a quick heads up. It's like it's like if you're a Doctor Who fan, the regeneration, you're getting a new doctor. Shouts to my Whovians out there. So with that being said, I'll let David Tennant explain it to you. Alonzi! That's an old earth saying, Captain. A phrase of great power and wisdom and consolation to the soul in times of need. What's that then? Allons-y! Gary Parish, it's Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and we finally reached opening day of the 2020-21 college basketball season. Things are scheduled to get underway very soon. Norlander has tested negative for COVID-19. He has survived quarantine. He's going to be inside the Mohegan Sun for games today. Norlander, how are things inside Mohegan Sun? Um, they are ideally sterile. I mean, it's been, it's been bumpy here. I'm good though. I'm negative. I I did a saliva test this morning. Hopefully that comes back negative, but it, I was starting to lose my mind yesterday, Parrish. I mean, I I got here. It's now Wednesday. I've officially lost track of the days, but it is November 25th, the season. Hello. It's here. So I get here Monday night, test immediately. I'm standing in line behind the main basketball team. Richard Barron, the head coach, has got a little little guitar with him. I'm like, oh, I should have brought my guitar. We could have had a jam session, socially distanced. I do my test, go right to my room, you know, just hunker down, quarantine immediately. Then next day comes. I was told 10 a.m. 10 a.m. we get the test results back. GP. No. No 10 a.m. Word comes in, hey, it might be, it might be closer to one. Well... Then get word, Stephen F. Austin had a non-essential person in its traveling party test positive, so it's out. By the way, apparently it got really close to not even being able to get on a plane. They almost had to drive from Connecticut back to Texas, but they got a plane. (laughs) It just would have been the worst. Then I'm told Maine has at least one positive. It's leaving. And then I start thinking, well, this is terrible for a couple of reasons because I was in line behind Maine. And they got a positive. And I tested with the Maine basketball team. And why did Maine get its test back? But I have not yet. Come to find out. Get this, Parish. And th- how about this scenario and how it could affect games going forward this season? So this is from a source. Maine tested on Friday. It has not had a negative test or a positive test in weeks and weeks and weeks. The test for PCR on Friday lagged. They didn't have it in time. So then they said by Sunday, so they said, well, we have to get a test before we go to Mohegan. So they all take 
rapid tests. On Sunday, all of the rapid tests are negative. They're like, okay, we're good to go. They come to Mohegan. By the time they test here at Mohegan, after they test at Mohegan, one test from Friday finally comes back as positive. Then they find out that all of the tests from Monday at Mohegan were also negative. So Maine took three tests, everyone in the program. Everyone was negative except one person who had one positive, but the president wasn't going to mess around with it. They're like, nope, not even chancing it. They came all the way here, turned around, went home in 12 hours. Brutal, huh? No, I mean, that, that is going to be the college basketball season. Yes. Wichita State went all the way to Sioux Falls, get, I believe, multiple positive tests. When they get there, boom, you're out, go back to Wichita. Poor shockers, they lose their coach. They I go know. to Sioux Falls. They can't they get, they get to go right back home. And that's just, that's just the way this is going to be. I thought David Warlock, who is the uh, director, um, uh, the media coordinator for March Madness, for you know, somebody who's been a- around the sport for a long, long time, had a – a pretty spot-on tweet this morning. He tweeted the following. The season starts today. Think of it as taking a flight. There will be screenings, delays, and cancellations. Sometimes it will feel like you're in the middle seat between two large men and behind the person who fully reclines their seat, but eventually we'll reach our destination. I think that's basically it. I mean, since we last talked on Monday. No idea. Uh, yeah, like you know, Tennessee has had to also cancel the Jimmy V, so we lost the Tennessee Gonzaga game. Um, I, I'm trying. Oh, okay. Like VCU, I thought was an interesting story. VCU wakes up on Monday morning, thinking they are opening the season Wednesday in Knoxville against Tennessee. Rick Barton and people at Tennessee test positive. That game gets canceled. Somebody gets kicked out of the crossover classic in Sioux Falls. They call VCU, say, come on out here. So VCU goes from on Monday morning thinking it's traveling to Knoxville to play Tennessee to on Tuesday morning traveling to Sioux Falls, South Dakota to play. I don't have the bracket in front of me, but but somebody. The whole thing's wacky. Yeah. How about this? I wasn't surprised to see VCU there because as I am getting ready to leave on Monday, trying to leave my house, like packing up, literally have my uh, dress shirt, sports coats in one hand and a mic stand in the other because I'm going to have a, for HQ, I got to have uh, a mic stand and all this stuff. Um, Mike Rhodes, the VCU coach, calls me and he goes, hey, um, who's organizing stuff at Mohegan Sun? <laughs> I said, what? Uh, he's like, yeah, well, can we, do you think we can get any games there? I'm like, can you be on a plane in 15 minutes? Because you gotta, you have to secure negative tests, and I think you would have to fly tonight. So I wasn't shocked, and so obviously that didn't happen with Mohegan Sun, but I wasn't shocked to discover that VC, like VCU was getting after it. That's six different teams in that field. It has obviously been consistently wild. I mean, as we speak, I broke this late Tuesday night, but like the Baylor-Seton Hall game is now off. And Baylor's trying to play Washington and some other teams in Las Vegas this weekend. <laughs> what is going? What is going on here? It has been. Uh, it, it listen. It's they been, should. They should. They should get a little multi-team event at Foothill. At Foothill, exactly. <laughs> at Foothill, exactly. So it's been. It's been nuts. By the way, I I I told him I'd give him a shout. I have to give a shout to Jay Billis because as I was sitting in quarantine for twenty-two and a half hours, and I was told a lunch would be dropped off at my door because I can't leave the room. And they were like, ah, you know, don't necessarily order room service. So they have these, like, prepared meals here for us. Billis got out, like, a few hours before me, hooked me up. He remains the best there. So he, 
he was like, we can't have you dying on us. I'm like, yeah, it's uh, it got really. Ha- Andy Katz and I just trading text messages hour after hour after hour. It has been uh, quite an experience here. But before we get to the games, in terms of Mohegan and the setup, GP, um, it's not a true bubble. I can technically walk through what they call back of house to get to where I need to get to. It's twice as long of a walk. Um, but I didn't like, otherwise I got to go, I got to use common elevators, walk through like some parts of the casino. It's not the greatest setup. It's not terrible, but they are running it extremely well. The arena is spacious and I'm looking forward to the games there. I'm looking forward to how this all kind of goes off. I will say I attended Virginia practice, popped in on Boston college, was there for uh, Rhode Island, was there for Arizona state. And that just felt wonderful. I got to be honest. Um, the players' spirits were super high. I had a column go up on Wednesday. If you haven't read it, you can pop in and read it whenever you'd like, in addition to GP's refreshing on the top 25 and one teams. But the players, you know, I understand there's a, there's been no shortage of, of criticism, cynicism, poking fun at college hoops, as if it's the only sport that's been going through this. Far from it. It just has the most teams. 357 teams. Now, technically, there's like, what, 345 the NFL has 32, NHL has 31, NBA has 30, college football has 130. There are so many more teams, there are going to be so many more postponements. But the point I'm making here is that the players, you know, talk to coaches, they're, they're all saying that their players have just been patient going through all this stuff. Imagine, we're different, GP. We're parents, you know, you're in your 50s, I'm encroaching <laughs> on my 40s here. We are, we are at different stages of our life. Imagine going through this at 18, 19, 20 years old when... You know, if you contract the coronavirus, just the the odds are ever in your favor, but they still have to abide by all this stuff. They finally have a season. Like, this is for them. They deserve this. They want to do this. They are opting in. They are effectively choosing to play a game for free, but they they want it because, one, being an athlete is part of their purpose. It's part of their identity, specifically at this stage of their life. And so to see these guys practicing after practice, you know, smiles, laughs, goofing off, having a good time. Rhode Island was in tremendous spirits. I don't know what's going to happen today, but if they are good to go and give Arizona State a game, I will not be shocked. David Cox ran a hell of a practice there. So that was just really great to see late Tuesday into Tuesday evening, just the camaraderie and the spirit of all this. And it kind of just reminded me, like, we've been waiting forever. But specifically for these 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds, GP, like, they're finally going to get a chance after college basketball, men's and women's, only sport, Major sport in America, team or individual, that did not crown a champion and will not crown a champion in 2020. Finally, the season's here. Yeah, like, listen, uh, we've discussed this all offseason. This is not the way I would have done it. I I would not be playing on November 25th, and I would not be playing non-league games. I would not be um, having a San Francisco UMass game, you know, Lowell game. Wow, Lowell. Lowell. UMass Lowell, there we go. (laughs) I would not be having a San Francisco UMass Lowell game at Mohegan Sun on the afternoon before Thanksgiving. I think most of this is silly. That said, I have never argued against having a season. I just wouldn't have done it this way. I would have done conference only starting in January that leads into an NCAA tournament bubble. But whatever. I've got no interest in in the screaming I told you so every time we have to cancel a game, every time a team has to get shut down. I'm not promising you I won't do it 
every once in a while. I'm just promising you I'm not going to do it every time. Instead, I'm going to enjoy what we have. We're not going to have as many games this season as we would normally have, but we are going to have games, and they're starting today, and so uh, I'm fired up. You're going to be in an arena. I'm going to be in front of a television. Hopefully, it'll it'll be a fun opening day and leads into a, a fun Thanksgiving day. We're going to talk some games uh, momentarily, what's happening at Mohegan Sun, and also – other notable games around the country today and tomorrow. We're going to do that next. First, though, check this out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. So, Norlander is at Mohegan Sun. There's four games there today. I just want to make sure everybody knows what's happening there. We don't need to spend much time on some of them, uh, maybe much time on any of them. But the first game there is going to tip at 1.30 Eastern. It is Towson, Virginia. And I guess the most notable thing there is Virginia enters technically on an eight-game winning streak because it closed the regular season with eight straight wins uh, last season. And then, of course, it is Sam Hauser's debut, the Marquette transfer, set out last year per normal NCAA transfer rules. He is now eligible, expected to be the Cavaliers' best player. So it'll be fun to get a, a first look at him in Tony Bennett's system. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, that's not, originally Mohegan Sun was set to have the first game of the season. That's technically no longer true. It's By the time everyone's listening to this, East Tennessee State Abilene Christian, I think, is the is the tip-off. That's <laughs> so, right. That's right. Okay, there we go. Uh, GP's on top of it. Um, but, hey, it's Virginia, though, and, and, and just want to see, frankly, how badly they crushed Towson. I was teasing Coach Pat Scary, the Towson coach, about all this because they opened two seasons ago. Virginia opened at home against Towson. That was the season Virginia went on to win the national championship, and they won by, like, 31 points in that game. Uh, Pat Scary guaranteeing it's not going to be a 31-point spread in this one. We shall see. I would think that's going to be the case. Towson's actually a fairly solid CAA team. So, I'm. it's the first game here at Mohegan GP, and no one has had any scrimmages. The preseason's been, obviously, uh, ragged, rugged, and, and just crooked. So, I guess anything's possible. I mean, even Tony Bennett told me on Tuesday, like, he doesn't really quite know what to expect yet, but it's Virginia. They should win. And oh, uh, I, I know what to expect. Okay. I can tell Tony what to expect. <laughs> they're going to win by, you know, 20 to 30, and uh, they're going to hold 
Towson to like thirty-one uh, percent shooting. It's going to be rough. I I, I think Towson's <laughs> going to struggle to get to forty-five points, but I'm 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 not convinced it's going to be more than twenty points. We'll see though. But hey, they're really good. I don't know. We'll we'll see on that. But it is Virginia. Everyone's got curiosity about what Hauser's going to do when he steps into that offense, and uh, and it's a pretty good team. So I'm just I'm in, I'm intrigued with that uh, just because Towson's not like it's going to be a top three team in this league in the CAA. So it there's a chance it actually could be intriguing, uh, and plus. As someone uh, made sure to mention to me, because Towson, by the way, uh, scary was a riot, but he was saying one of his guy, one of his coaches, like they had four different opponents given to them in like a forty-eight hour period, and like once you get an opponent, like you have to start the scouting process, like you have to prepare your team, and like it kept changing, <laughs> like every twelve to eighteen hours, it's been absurd and obscene in some ways. Um, so that's just a, that's an intriguing thing uh, in, the, in the backdrop. But someone brought up to me with Virginia. Well, what's the worst that can happen? It's just a team from Maryland, Baltimore County. Like what's sure. Baltimore County, Maryland? Like what? What's you know? Oh yeah, that's right. UM, UMBC. So, so that's the first game at Mohegan Sun. Then at four o'clock Eastern, it's the much anticipated showdown between San Francisco and UMass. Lowell? Lowell. Lowell? <laughs> I Lowell. Lowell. I don't know. I'm not UMass from, not, Lowell. First of all, this is great because there are it's it's colloquialism. So you know that you're not from the Northeast. But the same would go. There's definitely a town or two or six in Mississippi that could be pronounced a certain way that I would get wrong immediately. But yes, UMass Lowell. UMass Lowell. You don't know anything about Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, do I, do, I do know it's called Tupelo. I do, I do know do. that. Do you uh, know? Do you know the most notable thing about Tupelo trivia time? Um, no. Birthplace of Elvis Aaron Presley. Boom, boom. There we go. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. And then, of course, everybody knows the King moved to uh, Memphis. No, Massachusetts. Enrolled at UMass Lowell. Okay. <laughs> no he didn't um whatever about this game although I, I i will take a second to point out todd golden's doing a nice job there he's 35 years old former auburn assistant won 22 games last season had san francisco finishing 74th at ken palm their preseason number 83 at ken palm so um you know i i'm always interested in young guys that that get opportunities and then do well, and, and you know it's only through one season. But Todd's doing a good job so far. They are, they are. Well, I, and I'll I'll have a quick thought on San Francisco. But first, can you name the nickname for UMass Lowell? Probably not, right? No shot. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're the um, yeah. Stop, stop with the, me here. River Hawks. The, you did. Yeah, they're the, they're the River Hawks. They're the River Hawks. Oh my goodness! At San Francisco is capable of being a top three team in the WCC this season. We'll see how St. Mary's, BYU, and San Francisco all shake out. And if they are a top three team, they actually could, we could look up and they could be NCAA tournament worthy. So again, just some mild intrigue. This That's certainly a game for the diehards there. Uh, but whatever, that's that's the second game. The big ones at night, Rhode Island versus Arizona State. That's got the best, that's the best head-to-head matchup today, right, GP? R- Unless you want to argue UCLA-San Diego State on CBS Sports No, Network. I'm talking like player versus player, though. Like, Oh, sure. You get 7 o'clock Eastern, Arizona State, Rhode Island. You get Remy Martin against Fats Russell. That two, is, of the, two of the better, two of the best point guards, lead guards in the country. Correct. Both uh, easily ranked in the top 40 of our top 101 players list. That's probably the best head-to-head matchup we're going to have today. Um, Arizona State's going to try and get that game into the 80s and certainly might be capable. They, I mean, ASU's got eight or nine or ten gifted gifted players. They've got Josh Christopher, who is going to start. I'm intrigued to see what he does there. Um, 
Bobby Hurley just he, he told me that the team's good to go, man. He said he's starting to get some anxiety, which is a good thing. Like stomach is starting to form into some butterflies less than 24 hours before the start of the game. That's great. David Cox, uh, he admitted like – Listen, I, I got to see what I'm going to do with my rotations. I haven't even figured out. This was Tuesday night. I haven't figured out truly my starting lineup yet. Um, but if they can if they can mess him up uh, off on the offensive end, if Rhode Island can kind of throw some junk at Arizona State and frustrate him early, then they're, they're going to have a chance there. Rhode Island doesn't set up as a top three team in the A-10 this season, but it does have some, some decent talent there uh, and some good length. So we'll see. Arizona. This is Arizona State's chance to hear this week at Mohegan Sun to potentially make a ton of noise. If you can win this game, and then if Villanova were to beat Boston College, we'll get to in just a second. And then if it were to win that, then that's a real, like that's, you know, we had a couple years ago, ASU uh, had an undefeated start through near the end of December. Um, can Hurley duplicate that? We shall wait and see. But yes, the Fats Russell, Remy Martin, that's the best head-to-head individual matchup we're going to have today. And I just want to see what Josh Christopher looks like. He's one of the best recruits in Arizona State history. He's the highest-rated recruit that the program has had since James Harden. So that's just another one. That's your that's your premier 7 p.m. game. Right. Um, and you mentioned our top 101 players list. Remy Martin was number eight on that list. Fats Russell, number 31. 9.30 Eastern at Mohegan Sun. Villanova, Boston College. Villanova picked first in the Big East. Boston College picked next to last in the ACC. So... You know, it's two power conference teams, but uh, probably double-digit victory for Jay Wright's team. That's what I would suspect. Yeah, I would suspect it as well. Um, Boston College does bring back Winston Tabbs, who was out all last season. He is a, a legitimately, like, very good ACC guard. And then they have uh, Stephon Mitchell, who returns, who technically, I think, is the statistically... I'm going to have to I have to include some wicked qualifiers here. Wicked. Um I think he is the statistically most productive player returning in the ACC that isn't Garrison Brooks out of UNC. So they do have some guys, but that does seem to be a mismatch. But again, we have the glory of really not knowing what we're going to get here on this opening day GP when you don't have scrimmages and and coaches around are just they're eager to start, but I think a lot of them are like, I don't really truly know what I'm getting yet. Because, again, just so many pauses, starts and stops. The rhythms have been different. So we do have the potential, I think, for some surprises, and I wouldn't object to that. So those are the four games at Mohegan Sun. We'll bounce through a, a few other interesting matchups that are happening elsewhere around the country. In Sioux Falls, South Dakota, 2 o'clock Eastern this afternoon, you get Memphis against St. Mary's, which is uh, a, an interesting matchup for a variety of reasons. Um, it's the opening game of Penny Hardaway's third season at his alma mater, trying to take the Tigers to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2014. You mentioned that Pat Scary was like, we've had a million different opening day opponents. We've had to, we've scouted one team and then they're out. Then we scout another one, they're out. Penny, uh, we talked about this yesterday. You know, Memphis was supposed to open with Ohio State. So he said, we spent like two weeks on Ohio State film. Then they're gone. Um, they get replaced with St. Mary's. So we're scouting St. Mary's and then also West Virginia, then they take West Virginia, put West Virginia on the other side of our bracket. So now we're having to scout um, Northern Iowa and Western Kentucky and St. Mary. He's like, we watch more film. I'm paraphrasing here, but like we watch more film on teams that we will never play than I ever thought that we we would. And so 
Now it's Memphis St. Mary's. St. Mary's, you know, they finished 26 and eight last season and half of their losses, four of the eight, were to projected number one seeds. They lost three times to Gonzaga, once to Dayton. Top three scores from that team are gone. They don't return anybody who averaged more than 6.6 points or 3.6 rebounds. Still, you know, Kim Palm's got it projected as like a four-point Memphis win, so it should be a, a close game. And, of course, you get the the debut of the five-star reclassed center, Musa Sise, who I saw on Twitter last night. It was a year ago today at Lausanne Collegiate School when he had a 32-point, 22-rebound, 21-block game, <laughs> which is just uh, ridiculous. Uh, over under over under 21 blocks for Cisse in his college debut. We're going to go under. How about this? Over under four and a half blocks. Why not? Get it going. For, for the season? No. No. Four, oh, four tonight, and a half blocks versus St. Mary's. I would say under. Uh, here's what I would say about Musa. Um, you know, obviously, nobody's allowed in the gym for these workouts. And I, I haven't seen him since he was playing at Lausanne Collegiate School. But I was told that the net, this is what somebody told me. He is probably, he is definitely Memphis's best NBA prospect. Maybe not top five player on the team right now. Mm. Like his is, it's been slow. He's, he's been slow picking things up a little bit. Like all he's ever done is just stand there, be seven feet tall with a billion foot wingspan and block shots on private school kids who look like my son uh, you know it, it, he's never had to rotate help it, it's been a little slow so I, I was told this do you remember what James Wiseman looked like in his opening game last season and I said yeah he goes and I was told and Moose is not going to look like that yeah. and so it, he might be awesome come February but the, I, my understanding was it seemed unlikely he would be awesome in November, but we'll see. Uh, one more note on Memphis. They're still waiting on a possible waiver for DeAndre Williams, the transfer from Evansville. And it just, I, I don't want to go on a rant here, but there, there's a, multiple players waiting on transfer waivers. Most notably at this point, DeAndre Williams, Nike Sabande at Pitt, and LJ Figueroa at Oregon. And my understanding is that St. John's, cooperated with the Figueroa deal. Like it's not a St. John's issue there, but with DeAndre Williams, it's Evansville specifically athletic director, Mark Spencer, not cooperating. And at Pitt with Sabande, it's Miami, Ohio, not cooperating, which is just ridiculous. Frankly, the, the rule I've always thought it was ridiculous. Like you should always cooperate, yeah. but in the middle of a pandemic, when the rule is changing in January, literally no other basketball player will have to go through this next year or the year after that, or the year after that. I don't understand why you wouldn't just honestly say, what do you need me to say? What do you need me to sign? What do you need me to do to help you get eligible? I'll do it. Mark Spencer's point at, at Evansville, the athletic director is, I, I'm not going to say that DeAndre Williams didn't have a scholarship available at our school to help him get eligible at Memphis. I'm not going to lie. He, if he wanted to be at Evansville, he could. And like, if that's the hill you want to die on, whatever, it just seems weird to me. It's the same type of guy who will stand there and talk about, I'm for the student athletes. I put student athletes first. And then you've got an opportunity to help a young man get eligible at a new school after his coach was fired for inappropriate conduct. Yeah. And you're the person standing in the way, like shame on him and shame on Miami, Ohio for not helping Nike get eligible uh, at Pitt immediately. Yeah, that's... That's a rough look. There's no doubt about it. There are there are a few schools here and there that are still waiting on eligibility uh, decisions, and everyone wants it. You know, frankly, a week before the season starts, and we're still here in that 
it just shouldn't be the case, but it, you know, uh, I guess another topic for uh, another time to continue on. But yeah, so St. Mary's Memphis is the first I would qualify like Virginia Towson, like it's going to be a sl- low scoring game. So it could like inherently maybe be close, but Ma- St. Mary's Memphis, that's the first game of the day where you're going to want to uh, keep an eye and tune on that. That's a two o'clock tip on ESPN out in South Dakota. Before I get to the next game, I've got a trivia time for you. Fire away. Let's do it. So the class of 2018, that is Zion Williamson's class. So you, you, can get a, you can get an idea who was in that class. Trivia time. Who is the highest rated recruit from that class who is still playing college basketball? I mean, and was it anyone in the top 10? Yes. And they play today? Yes. Charles Bassey. That's exactly Ooh! right, Norlander. <laughs> How about that? Western Kentucky against Northern Iowa, 4.30 Eastern in Sioux Falls. The top six in the class of 2018, according to 24-7 Sports, number one, R.J. Barrett, number two, Cam Reddish, number three, Nasir Little, number four, Bull Bull, number five, Zion Williamson, number six, Charles Bassey at Western Kentucky. Averaged 15 points, nine rebounds last season. Only played 10 games because he fractured his tibia in December. That was season over, but he's back now. Uh, we'll play today. And Western Kentucky, Northern Iowa, like, uh, you know, I think Western Kentucky's picked to win CSA. Northern Iowa is not picked to win the MVC. But they, these are two teams that are like in the 70s at Ken Palm. So pretty comparable teams. If you want to watch, we've talked about this could be a blowout, that could be blood up. You want to watch it, what should be a competitive game, Western Kentucky, Northern Iowa should be a competitive game. Yeah, I think Northern Iowa will win the MVC, by the way. They got A.J. Green, who's a wonderful shooter, wonderful player. Austin Fife, really solid low post play. He's like a traditional big there. That has the potential to be a very, very good watch. So that's the second game in South Dakota. And Western Kentucky has kind of... We've been waiting for them to really hit that level where it's like, oh, Rick, Span- Rick Stanberry's got a got a team there that can actually you know win a game or two in the NCAA tournament. They just simply haven't gotten that far yet. But yes, they are projected to be... Uh, just a notch above North Texas in, in Conference USA and be the best team in that league. And certainly that's that's the premier mid-major matchup that we're going to have on opening day. Then tonight, um, arguably the best game of the day, 10.30 Eastern, UCLA at San Diego State. It's on CBS Sports Network. Um, UCLA ranked in the top 25. San Diego State coming off an incredible year where they obviously uh, were the best two-loss undefeated team in America. Um, lose Malachi Flynn, but still good. And Kimpom projects this, San Diego State 67, UCLA 66. So if you're looking for a place where a ranked team could lose to an unranked team, that's probably the best possibility, 1030 Eastern tonight. Yeah, I mean, you got San Diego State coming off a two-loss undefeated season, just incredible, unprecedented, history-making even. And Brian Dutcher's going to try and do it again. And he's going to mm-hmm. try and do it. Against the greatest coach in the history of UCLA basketball. Yep. Amazing game we got here on CBS Sports Network. Yes, the best will be saved for last. It is a bit weird, but this is going to be a weird season, that we are talking about the start of the college hoop season, and we're not talking about the Champions Classic. That will be next week. That's only been you know a thing that's been a, a thing, if you will, starting the season with the Champions Classic for the past few years. But uh, schedules and... COVID stuff all, you know, necessitated that to be the case. So we don't, we don't truly have a marquee game on opening day. So it is, uh, it has a little less juice, but UCLA San Diego state is a very good game. These should both easily be tournament teams. 
UCLA is going to be there with Oregon and Arizona State as the best team in the Pac-12. So we'll get a nice early look at two of those three teams out in the Pac-12. And San Diego State, though, it loses Malachi Flynn. They're still in... I think Matt Mitchell will be a wonderful, wonderful Mountain West player, first-team league all kind of guy. And that is going to be a... It'll be a home game for San Diego State, but obviously, you know, the fan factor is gone there. And so that's going to be that's going to be interesting. I'm interested to see, as just a side note, just how Mohegan Sun feels today watching this. It's very spacious in there right now because all the bleachers are, are back. They've got the signage up and around. The... the uh, the benches are spaced out. You've got the glass partitions there. So it's going to be a game. Like, it's going to feel like a game. But it will just be different. And I'm waiting to see if they're going to have general white noise, crowd noise. Like, what that, what's going to happen with that? So that will be something else to keep in mind here as we start the season. Just the environment that these teams are going to play in. If you're in a neutral court versus if you're in a home court. I know Michigan State's going to have some sort of thing going on there inside of Breslin with this game. So that's just uh, that's an, that's another thing to keep an eye on. By the way, those are the mm-hmm. games to know. But I feel compelled to say that when we podcast next, we'll have one for you Friday. You know, you have been as... Uh, as it, you have been as in on South Dakota State as I think any member of the national media. And they, I mean, they didn't have to travel far. They have a 7 o'clock tip against West Virginia. That's a preseason top 10 team. So just, you know, will West Virginia show up and look like an elite Big 12 team? And will South Dakota State, which is the best team in the summit, actually be able to give them a good run? That's just your one sneaky keep an eye on it under the radar game. And then it also <laughs> is... Ask, ask me if I have a Jack Roberts pullover that I can golf in if I want to. Do you, do you have a... Do you have a Jackrabbits pullover that you can golf in if you want to? I do. I own one. That's Mike Dom's alma mater. Boom. Okay. But more than that, Nate Walters. See, the thing is. No, not not more than that. No, more than that. More than that. that. Take that back. I'm not going to have Mike Dom disrespected like that on the podcast. Uh, Nate Walters came before Mike Dom. He made that program, okay? Mike Dom's nothing without Nate Walters, and I'll say it right now, and I'll say it again. Nate Dom. Nate Dom. Put a poll up right now on your Twitter account. Who is King Jack Rabbit? <laughs> Nate Walters or Mike Dom? It's going to happen I'm, in a minute. I'm going. I'm going to. I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to tweet it out without <laughs> advance warning or context, which is the best to do. And I'm going to put it up there. Hey, I got one more for you. By the way. We 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 rolled on this podcast, by the way. So I don't know if GP has this. I, there's one more game that we have to we have to let people know about. Do you know which one I'm talking about today? Nope, nope, no idea. Well, I'm surprised. N- no, I have no, I have no idea. Okay, four o'clock Eastern on ESPN two, and this was a, this is an awesome little deal here. Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State are playing at UT Arlington. Cunningham is from Arlington. Mike Boynton willing to start his season with a road game against. A UT Arlington team that's not top 100 quality, but it's not it's not you know a complete afterthought either, and that's just cool for Cunningham to be able to start in his hometown. He could be the number one pick next year. He could be the best player in college basketball this season. So that's just another one to keep an eye on. Four o'clock we, again would be interested to see what he does there and if he's going to wind up being a talking point when we meet again for Friday's podcast. So um, again, for all of the you know cynicism thrown around here i will remind you that there are more than 80 games between division one teams that have been scheduled and are as of us recording this they're happening on wednesday so that we do have games across across the gamut here and uh and good ones tomorrow as well 
Well, let's just touch because we're not going to talk again until Friday. There is a high-profile Thursday game at 1230 Eastern Tip. This is the first matchup of ranked teams that we're going to have for the 2020-21 college basketball season. It is number one Gonzaga against number six Kansas in Fort Myers, Florida. This coming two days after Andrew Nimhard, who, by the way, I'm talking about all those waivers like DeAndre yeah. Williams, AJ, LJ Figueroa. Nimhart didn't even really want one. He was like, I don't care. I'll sit out. It's cool. And then they, you know, Gonzaga announces yesterday Andrew Nimhart is uh, cleared to play this season. He has started maybe every game the past two seasons. Very, if not every game, nearly every game the past two seasons at Florida. Last season averaged 11.2 points, 5.6 assists. Uh, it's the rich get richer. Gonzaga was number one without Andrew Nimhard. Uh, that, that clearly, when I updated the top twenty-five and one this morning, they they stayed there. There, you know, Andrew Nimhard, Jalen Suggs backcourt's pretty pretty strong, and the front court is also strong. Gonzaga's loaded. I, I'm not going to go in and edit the post, but Gonzaga's now the number one team in college. <laughs> like this, I just don't. Villanova, Baylor, you know, they're in, they're in there. Virginia's right, you know, maybe sitting at the table as well. Like all that's logical and practical right now. Nembhard getting added to this roster, like, it's really hard to argue against Gonzaga as the number one team. And now that's the case with your rankings. AP Top 25 already had it. And then when the metrics updated, Ken Palm, Torvik, team rankings, they all jumped Gonzaga. There's now a universal number one heading in. So we do have that. This is a great matchup. When the Orlando bubble popped and the schedule went awry, uh, once that news got to Self and Mark Few, they immediately got on the phone and said, let's just try and play. Let's, you know, this has been ridiculous with all of this ESPN stuff and trying to make these games happen and teams bouncing and all this stuff. Let's just make, you and I, let's talk right now. We want to play? Yes, let's do it. Where we want to play, let's make it happen. They got it done. It would be wonderful for college basketball if this game was actually played on the first day of the season. It's not. That's fine. It is a wonderful Thanksgiving Day GP, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, by the way. What is even... I heard... It doesn't I heard, even... I heard that. It doesn't even feel like that should be happening, but whatever. Uh, um, you know, uh, actually, health officials don't think it should happen. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's on the calendar no matter what, so... It, it, it is on the calendar no matter what, but, like, for the first time ever, um, with... I, I My family's... We're not leaving our house. Uh, like, it's, there have been many times where I've been out of town on Thanksgiving, but this is going to be the one time where we don't go to my mom's. We, you know, as when I was younger, we'd go to my grandparents. Um, when they passed, we would go to my mom's or my dad's or even my cousins. Um, you know, my family, we have we have Thanksgiving dinner catered and um, and we're going to have it right here. So it is a, it's a different Thanksgiving for sure. Yeah, and everyone, please stay safe with all this, and, and please uh, pl- take care of each other, take care of yourself, stay healthy, make the wise decisions, and, and all that good stuff. But yes, it's uh, on a personal, I mean, I'm, I'm in a hotel. Uh, this was also true three years ago when I went to the PK-80 on Thanksgiving. It just feels weird for me to not be around my, my family on Thanksgiving, but we have college hoops, and I'm excited for that. And Kansas-Gonzaga is a wonderful Thanksgiving game on, obviously, you know, NFL games and Thanksgiving go hand in hand, and that'll certainly be the case for the majority of the country tomorrow. But even if you are a diehard college hoops fan who loves himself some NFL or herself some NFL, just like I do, it just it's hard to beat Gonzaga Kansas. That's a that's a lovely game, and I want to see how, frankly how Kansas matches up. I think when we wind up, let's make a let's make a prediction here. Let's make a prediction. How about this? First game, 
We'll go with this one. Let's predict the ending. I, I kind of am thinking Kansas isn't going to be able to keep this within like seven or eight points. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Gonzaga. I'll say Gonzaga 78, Kansas 68. That's my prediction. What do you got? I will go Gonzaga 69. Nice. Kansas 65. Okay. So you got a, you got a little bit of a closer one. Uh, we'll see. Uh, after and I don't even know how much Nembard is going to play. He might, but I don't know. That's a But there's no reason for him not to. He's been practicing just yeah. like everybody else. I guess that's 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 true. Um I'll be yeah, I'll be I'll be intrigued to see uh how that goes down. All right, the poll is up by the way. God, son of a <laughs> This is ridiculous right now. It's, it's 60 to 40. I hope you phrased it correctly. I hope you said, who is King Jackrabbit? I did. I tweeted out without <laughs> notice. I tweeted out without notice just simply, who is King Jackrabbit? <laughs> and, I gave the two, and I gave the two options, uh, and this is what we have right now. And I just I can't believe I'm refreshing. I'm hoping the... I'm hoping that margins change. This is incorrect, by the way. Walters came before Dom. Dom doesn't even get into South Dakota State if it's not for the kingdom that Walters built. Yeah, we're at 59-41 right now, Mike Dom, with 134 votes. I'm going to need the listeners to listen to this, go back, find the pod, uh, find the pod, find the poll on my Twitter account. You know what to do. Nate Walters. Nate Walters was drafted, I think. He made the NBA. Mike Dom. Where's Mike Dom right now? He's, Mike Dom is wherever he wants to be. Yeah, right exactly. He's wherever he wants to be. He's Mike Dom. Exactly. And, and you can't get caught up on Nate Walters came before Mike Dom. Because you know what else is true? Jerry Teagle came, came before, I don't even know who. John, John Wooden came before Mick Cronin. That's but tweet, tweet this. Who is King Bruin? John Wooden, Mick Cronin. Bill it's Henderson clear. came before Scott Drew. I can't yeah, argue. Yeah, right. Bill Henderson came before Scott Drew. Had a miserable record <laughs> and somehow made two Final Fours. <laughs> By the way, when I updated the top 25 of one, you know, I've got to do like two sentences on each team. You're damn right I got Bill Henderson's oh, name in there. that's what I want to hear. That's so good. I did not read that yet, but that is wonderful. A Bill Henderson reference. No one knows what's happening with that, but, like, there's no way our editor knew what the hell you were doing there, but it's that's like, fine. It's like, uh, you know, Baylor returns the top three scores from a team that would have been a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. That gives Scott Drew a, a, a realistic chance to take the Bears to the Final Four for the first time since Bill Henderson did it in 1950. <laughs> It's, I love Bill Henderson. It's absurd. All I right. need somebody to look this up for me, by the way, because I spent like 20 minutes trying to figure it out, and I just couldn't find it, and I got frustrated, and I was just, I can't do this anymore. Bill Henderson left the Baylor program for a little while. Like, he was Baylor's coach, and then he stepped away. He just wasn't Baylor's coach, and didn't coach anywhere, and then he was Baylor's coach again. I don't know what happened to Bill Henderson. I, I know we lost him in 1979. Moment of silence for Bill Henderson. But I don't know what where what what I don't know what accounts for that gap in Bill Henderson's coaching career. So somebody figure that out for Someone me. Someone please get I, back to us yeah, on the Bill Henderson. I almost gap. texted Scott about it. I he was like, hey, listen, no, he does I, not I, know the Bill Henderson gap. Not no I was shot. I was like, Scott, I, I, you're in isolation. You're not doing anything anyway. Uh, help me out here. What, what, what accounts for the gap in Bill Henderson's coaching career? I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. No shot. It's not. It, it's not on his Wikipedia page. I couldn't get it in any. I just couldn't figure Does it he out. Have it a missed, Wikipedia page? Yes, Bill Henderson. Are you kidding me? The man with the two Final Fours. So. Yes, he has a Wikipedia page. I guess. I mean, look at this. Where's this poll at right now? That's fifty nine forty one. It's early. It's early. 
<laughs> count the votes. You can't. I you do look, not. We cannot stop this count right now. That's you, you, sure. you, you sound like President Trump. No, I, to, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm saying count the votes. Do not stop. Do not stop the count. Do not. I need more precincts right now. I got I got a quote tweet. Daniel Frank shouts to you. Nate Walters and I will die on this hill. Nothing against the great Mike Dom, however. That is correct. Mike Dom was great. Oh, Robert Daniels at Sports Encoding. St. Cloud, Minnesota represent great Nate baby. You're damn right. Oh, hey, I'm, I'm glad that people are tweeting about Nate Walters, but they're voting for Mike Dom. I know. I know. That's America has spoken. It's time to concede. <laughs> it's not. It's just, it literally just started, and I've got 24 hours on this poll. At Matt Norlander. Voting the, listen, if you want to side with Parrish, that's fine. What if, if a we're bunch getting of mail, down to what, this, what I, though, the reason why is because Parrish wrote a column about Mike Dom like five years ago, and so it's forever going to be that. If he doesn't write a column on Dom, it's it's just simply not the case. Not the case. This is this is the real reason why you're all in on Dom. Let's be real. I, I love Mike Dom. I, I love him like he's my own jackrabbit. I wonder if the person next to me go, is like, like, what is this? What is this? Jerk screaming about who the hell is Mike Dom? Can this dude just shut the hell up already? It's no, nobody, nobody is, nobody is wondering who is Mike Dom. Everybody knows Mike Dom. He's King Jack Rabbit for crying out loud. He's King Jack Rabbit. All right, you want to, you want to. We we need to probably publish this sooner than later because the season does start literally in like an hour. ETSU Abilene Christian, baby. Oh yeah. Hey, that's the head coaching debut for Jason Shea. It is the head coaching debut for Jason Shea. How about so, that? So, uh, all right, I'm, I'm fired up now. I'm going to watch the coaching debut <laughs> of Jason Shea. Shout him. Shouts! Devin Downey. Shouts to, shouts to South Carolina. Shouts to Terry Fatigue. Legend. Shouts to Bill Henderson. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys for listening once again to the Iron College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you enjoy it, tell somebody about it. If you haven't subscribed, please go do that because we're going to start coming to you every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday from now until this season ends. And we have a scheduled ending, but... We, we don't know. We don't know. No we'll, we'll talk to you three times a week again on Friday morning. Till then, take care.